The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Um. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. We take a look at what's happening. Um, we're going to start out, Jeff, obviously a question we did get from a producer kind of stems from part of yesterday's Fontenelle Final Bell where there's a lot of weather issues. I mean, we've heard concerns about below the St. Louis that they've had some flooding on the Mississippi. This guy's wondering, though, talk of early planting in the south and as he's looking at his planting here in the upper Midwest, do you think we might see early talk of that corn versus bean switch because of the amount of moisture that so far has been seen in the southern uh, states? Well, I I definitely think that you're going to have that talk come about a lot earlier this year than normal. We know that there's planning going on, you know, the Corpus Christi area is getting going down in Texas. And and once we start seeing that planning happening and it's moving further north than that, we're definitely going to have more discussion about the wet conditions that we're seeing across the delta and into the southern areas. And, and that discussion will very quickly spill over up into the Midwest because there wasn't a lot of field work done. There was not a lot of fertilizer put on. And really what we're talking about is the conditions that we need here is to move acres from beans over to corn. In order to do that in many of these areas, we need to have an early spring. And so far, that doesn't necessarily look like it's step setting up that way. So he's got a great point, and we're going to have to watch that very close. And, you know, there has been as uh, lots of soybeans that we have still around, but it's the corn acres that he said that he doesn't want to see loss numbers at. We, we definitely don't want to see loss numbers on the corn. We actually, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in more detail a little bit later in our, our session here. But, yeah, we, we need to keep our corn acres up there. We need to actually even add to our corn acres. So he's he's spot on. Jump over to to looking at China. I know the trade talks are underway and going to be moving into the next couple of days. There's still a lot of emphasis. Will we see something happen before the weekend's out? You know, I I don't think we should expect much. And and in these trade talks, I think a lot of times the market's getting a little bit ahead of themselves. And the two sticking points that's going on, and keep in mind tonight, actually, when we, uh, we all head home, they'll actually start their last day of trade talks. It will be Friday for them. And, and President Xi will have a chance to join them, which I'm sure just like what President Trump joined the Chinese delegation. But those sticking points are a lot the same as what we've heard before. And it really comes back to that forced intellectual property transfer and also that subsidization of not only state-operated enterprises, but also those private enterprises. And, and really, China's response really has been more of we'll buy more, we'll buy more, we'll buy more ultimately on the technology side, we'll buy more ultimately on the ag side. But I I don't think that's necessarily going to satisfy Trump and their administration. And so as a result, I think think we'll continue to keep talking, but I I don't think we're going to make a lot of headway coming out of these talks. Well, there has been a a lot of weight on these talks. And I know that they've, not only from a grain perspective, but a livestock perspective as well, some frustration for producers as they wonder what the next step will be and if we can meet that March 1st deadline. Um, I don't think there's any way we'll meet the March 1st deadline. And and to think that we are going to be able to meet it, I I think, was being a little bit naive on the market's part. Uh, What we're talking about negotiating here is something that we're asking China to change the way that they do business. And and that makes these talks much more difficult than what we saw with the, the NAFTA or the USMCA. As you look at the corn quarterly stocks, how do things look for you? 
you know, overall, when we took a look at it, uh, a few things that stood out to us is that it, it was good to see stocks down about 571 million bushels across the U.S. One of the things that we noticed is that for Nebraska in particular, we are down about 11.2 million. Um, our on-farm stocks are unchanged versus last year, and our bushels that are actually sitting in the elevators are down about 11.2 million bushels. As a result of that, the things that we take away from that actually is that we've got some firming basis numbers in here, and I think that's going to be positive. I do think we're getting really close to needing to take advantage of some of those basis levels, though, especially at some of your processors, because what we do know is as we get into March, there's going to be a certain amount of bushels that are going to move regardless of where the price is at. So overall, the quarterly stock numbers were supportive and, and, and actually kind of helped us out. So digesting that information for that producer, as I saw a few semis moving corn today, does that mean do some selling right now or just hold off? Well, I don't think I would do necessarily any selling from setting on the cash price side, but I do think I would be locking up some of the basis and using some basis contracts to get some of that stuff set, If you're, especially if you're wanting to move some bushels in March. If you're wanting to do it in April and May, I wouldn't be in a hurry. Even if you're looking out to June and July, I would still wait a little bit yet. But definitely for those latter part of February into March, I think getting that basis set is a good idea. So what about the soybean quarterly stock numbers? You know, quarterly, quarterly stocks were just as, uh, really just as kind of ugly or the other side of the equation than what corn was. 515 million bushels greater on the national scale. And as we dig into the statewide for Nebraska, we've got about overall 34 million. That's about 12.9% more bushels around in all positions than we would have a year ago. And on the on-farm, that's 23 million of those bushels. And the off-farm is about 11 million. So the thing to keep in mind, we're seeing some good basis levels at some of the processors, not very good at the elevators. We've got a lot of beans around, and at some point they're going to come to town. I, I wouldn't recommend necessarily uh, locking up the basis um, at your local elevators and stuff yet, and unless you physically were, were forced to yet. We could see it improve just a little bit because I don't think we're going to see many soybeans move, but we're really getting close to needing to lock up those basis levels too on this old crop that needs to move here in the short term. So as you look at those numbers from both the quarterly stocks of corn and beans and you look into 2019, what are some of your recommendations, things that you're talking to producers about when it comes to marketing that old crop yet? and start thinking about what you should be doing for new crop. You know, and, and this is a this is a great time. Um, we definitely think that one of the things you need to be doing right now, and, and you hear this by everybody, going through and getting your break-evens together, then ultimately going through and, and walking through what your cash flow needs and really getting those hardened up to know when am I going to need to move bushels to have the necessary cash flow. And by doing that, what that prepares us to know is that it prepares us to know when those pricing deadlines are. And so that's that's some of the things we're focusing on right now. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. And speaking of the 2019 crop, we're going to look more into that from both a corn and soybean side. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson is joining us with Heartland Farm Partners. And as you heard in the first segment, when we were talking about possibility of a late spring, if it's going to be too wet in some areas, what is this all going to mean? Because it really is, Jeff, I think a, a snowball effect. If they start out slow in the south, there's some concerns that start to arise. So as we look at the corn supply and demand for 2019 crop, what are you looking at and what are you hearing? 
Yeah, and that's, you know, the other thing you'd ask a great question as we're finishing up that last segment, Susan, you were asking about what we've got our producers, you know, looking at, and we walked through some of the points, and one of the additional points is to really take a hard look at these numbers on corn and bean acres and really look at their profitability and, and take a look and decide for them what's the right mix, and and as we dig deeper in these numbers, it was great to get some USDA numbers out, and and as we digested those, a couple things that stood out to us is as we start preparing for this next year, the first question we ask ourselves and we get asked by many producers is that, okay, so what does the acre mix look like? Or what does the acre mix need to be as we move into this 2019 crop? And, and as we've done through the research, uh, what it looks like to us is that if we keep our demand pretty much constant compared to a year ago, and, and that won't be an easy case because export demand coming out of South America is going to be much stronger with increased production probably out of Argentina and also out of uh, Brazil also competing with our exports. But if we would say we stayed constant to last year, then really what it looks like is we need to add at least 3 million, maybe 3.5 million acres of corn. And, and those probably need to come from soybeans, but we need to add that amount of acres just to be able to keep our stock steady. So if we do add that amount of acres and keep our stock steady, then what we look at and we say, well, then we'd expect to see similar prices to what we saw last year. Um, the amount of stocks that we have on hand right now would suggest that we should see much higher prices than where we're at. But the problem we have, though, is that we've got this looming thought that there'll be more acres. We've got this concern coming from the ethanol industry on what production's going to be. And then we've got this weight of this Chinese trade talks weighing over the market and that's just really kind of keeping that corn market from underperforming well you talk about that um the outside market influences that are going to be affecting this this corn crop and we know that we need the acres there we've got some maybe as from what i understand a little bit of give and take when it comes to soybeans because of what we have stock wise are we going to see any other pressure on these prices for the corn or is it going to be just kind of hoping on mother nature and being able to move forward yeah, I think I think that's a lot of it, really, honestly, at this point, is that it's going to be based on Mother Nature, it's going to be based on the ethanol industry, and the hope would be is that we, we are able to get these acres over here so that we, we do get uh, enough corn acres. And as we switch over to soybeans, though, Susan, it's a totally different matter on soybeans. Uh, what we end up seeing there is that, you know, we've just got a lot of beans. And, and over the last years, the farmers, you know, our farmers are great. They, they produce tremendous crops. And they produced a big bean crop. And with China not in the mix and the demand not as strong as it was, what really it looks like as we move into the 2019 crop is we do need to see a reduction in acres of 7 million acres. And those 7 million acres, we need to reduce that amount just to keep our stock steady. So that doesn't mean if we remove 7 million acres, we're back to really good bean prices. That just means expect the type of bean prices that we saw probably after everything went in place with the Chinese trade talks. Not before, but after. And so that that makes it uh, some tough decisions as you're going into this planting season. We don't see a lot of pressure for corn and beans coming from the, the winter wheat or the spring wheat crops at this point either, do we? No, we really haven't. And as we dig in and study, actually, where are those acres? So the first question you have to ask on the soybean side is that where, where would those acres go to? Because a lot of people think, well, those won't. Uh, go over to corn and we're saying no some of them will three to four million of them will as we dig deeper into those acres really we, we do think some up in the dakotas in north dakota maybe a million or two million will end up going over to spring wheat the other thing that we end up seeing is that prevent plant uh, prevent plant was very low last year 
and and ultimately we think there could be maybe a couple million more acres of prevent plant uh, this year and so there's possibility that maybe a million million and a half acres of beans may not get planted like what we're used to and then we go into the cotton side the national cotton council told us that there'd probably be a little over 400,000 acres of additional cotton and then you move from there you go into the double crop beans and last year double crop beans made up about five percent of the total soybean crop and we think based off the profitability we'll probably need to move that back somewhere closer to about three percent so we'd probably go ahead and take a couple million acres away from soybeans there so as you can see it, it's not necessarily all these acres going over to corn by no means but what it really means for us is that there's a number of different places where we hope these beans ultimately end up moving definitely is going to make it for a very interesting start to this 2019 growing season it definitely is, and what we find is that the weather and how the start is this year is going to be more important this year than we've probably seen in the in the past years. Lots of information today, Jeff. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.